Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer and photo editor, Sasha Lecca. Sasha is currently the deputy photo editor at Rolling Stone Magazine, where he has been since 2007. In this interview, I speak to Sasha about how he got into photography, his early passion for darkroom printing, and I also speak to him about what he looks for when hiring a photographer for Rolling Stone Magazine. Sasha is someone who has a wealth of knowledge about photography and the photo industry, so it was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him about all his work and experience in the photo business. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Well, Sasha Lecca, welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Let's banter. Yeah, let's banter. Yeah. Um, really appreciative of you taking the time on a Sunday. Invite me over to your living room. You got a really cool photos on the wall. <laughs> you got some Aperol spritz, man. It's a nice little Sunday. This is, this is a Sunday. This is also Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. I uh, know. Yeah, thanks. And actually, yeah, we're. Um, uh, I grew up in Queens. So um, this is a, play, a borough near and dear to my heart. And uh, But after living for years in Manhattan, kind of just a couple years moved back. And uh, yeah, kind of loving life out here. That's it's, cool, man. Super quiet. So I guess it's kind of start off. I was kind of curious what you've been uh, working on the last couple of weeks or so. What's been kind of on the docket? Oh, um, the only thing, the big thing, and um, if we were talking a few weeks ago, probably wouldn't be able to mention this, but yeah. the... the um, uh, Rolling Stone is, uh, has been in the news uh, for having been um, bought by uh, PMC Media, mm-hmm. and um, and we're relaunching as a monthly. Oh, and, wow. And the first issue comes out officially uh, in, uh, in Ju- on July 1st. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's... How, how how do you feel like that's gonna you feel like that's gonna change the magazine? What you guys can work on now that it's like this monthly, or what's the yeah your, your feel on it? Um, I mean, I think a lot of people. It's funny. A lot of people I I, uh, I speak to uh, thought that Rolling Stone was a monthly already, <laughs> but it was it came out every two weeks, uh, and and over the years it's sort of shrunk to um, kind of a normal magazine folio size and and uh, and not a very not very thick page yeah. count, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's uh, it's now larger um, format size, um, and this first issue has well over, gosh, actually, I'm not sure how many pages, but it's uh, it's it's back to being fat and okay. so full of ads and and uh, definitely new content, which uh, gives me uh, a lot more opportunity to work with uh, a lot of photographers, very different photographers actually too. That's interesting. Is that like the first time it's been sold since you've worked there, or is it? Uh... I, I think it's the first time it's been sold ever. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's been fully operational under the leadership of um, its founder Jan Winner since yeah. day one. Yeah. Up, um, and uh, you know, we we uh, I, I joined um, I joined at the 40th anniversary, and I just felt like. I was gonna get for some reason I felt like I was gonna get get them to the fiftieth anniversary. Okay. But then I wasn't sure what was gonna happen for me mm-hmm. um, or the magazine itself. Yeah. Um, and to hit fifty, which included a big book project and uh, a lot of content in the magazine as well. But the um, but then when it sold, uh, uh, Jan is still involved though in the process. He's um, I think his title is editorial director. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I didn't even realize that it's the first time it's been sold because, like, it feels like uh, almost every other month you're hearing about, like, some magazine publishing company sold here and then another one sold here. So the fact that he kind of was running that thing for as long as he did before he had to sell it, that's pretty amazing in, oh, it's, yeah. in itself. No, I mean, it was kind of impressive. Um, he, uh, except for... You know, vacations. He was there every day and um, inspected every aspect of it. In terms of the photography, obviously, he's uh, very involved in in uh, even even the smallest details, which is uh, sometimes very frustrating. Like the smallest, like uh, thumbnail photo, he, he would he would 
look at that that degree of, of of what we were using that's what you want man someone has passion for what they're doing like it, it just shows or yeah i guess on your very... on your end if i get stuff it can be a little uh i feel you like oh i gotta do this three times <laughs> yeah yeah it's tough um but i guess to kind of go back a bit um like where did you grow up and like how do you kind of what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography i um I I was actually born uh, in London, mm-hmm. but but then uh, raised in uh, in Queens in Jackson Heights, uh, and my my earliest experiences with photography, um, it's you know I, I you probably hear this all the time it's it's uh, you know a kid gets a camera from uh, an older relative in mm-hmm. this case it was um, my dad. Uh, passing on to me uh, a camera uh, when I was 12, which then I immediately started using. And he set up a dark room in our basement. Oh, wow. Um, actually, uh, yeah, in our basement. And then, um, uh, so I was processing my own black and white uh, from that early age. And uh, my father in that time also went from being an amateur to being a pro and a working photographer works, um, uh, working in the fashion industry, um, mostly doing the fashion, the runway shows. Okay. Um, he's kind of a legend still. He's, he's, he's away right now doing, doing that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Lecca. Okay. Um, and, and pretty early on as well, my, my mother started working with him cause they got so much work that they needed, uh, <laughs> bring on with your shooters, a team member. <laughs> um, and early on too, I was, I mean, like, I, like he was printing his own, like, um, uh, work that was going to be end up in like, you know, um, in store campaigns, you know, um, and I got to a point where he he knew uh, like he would print something and then I would just do the rest of them. You know, I oh, really? did the first one and then it got to a point where like I got this, and, like <laughs> I'll print this, you know, approval. Then I'll do the rest and and so I mean I so I love darkroom work. I, I just absolutely like obsessed with it and and the thing with me like photography was, uh, it, in in a way it just as a really shy kid was like allowed me to like just either hide completely in the dark room or or have something always with me like that I could be engaging with but still be part of the world you know yeah definitely um, yeah so that was kind of my my thing with it and so I'd always have it and and it and it got me through a few doors that I might normally not go into or a party or a situation yeah or talking to someone um and but that I mean the but the working in the dark room it was uh I mean, once I got started, I could easily hit, I can go like three days straight just really? without, like I'll go up and have have something to eat and then go back downstairs and, and just do three days straight of like printing some shoe campaign for, <laughs> for my dad. And um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the earliest vibe. It wasn't me about, it wasn't me being attracted to work I'd seen elsewhere. It was all kind of within the family. I mean, eventually I became kind of enamored with... Um, with photographers and the work they do mm-hmm. um now that's exciting and like how you're kind of mentioning like like i was kind of the same way i was kind of shy kid growing up and like you said like the camera kind of gives you an excuse to like go do stuff or like like you say like go shoot a concert or something or anything you know it kind of gives you a reason it's almost like a shield like and it's like it gives you a reason to be somewhere you know i'm and i'm in a lot of situations even now where um you know, I'm not, it might sort of be outside my, my normal social circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but being, you know, some, you know, uh, one with a camera and hopefully taking some nice pictures allows me to sort of kind of float in and out of these, these different scenarios. Yeah, definitely. It's exciting stuff. And, uh, so I guess when you're kind of start out and shooting photos, like even when you're like younger, like what, what kind of stuff were you photographing? I know like looking at your Instagram now, it's a lot of like, you shoot a lot of black, and white concerts and portraits and stuff like that. Um, was that always kind of stuff you're interested in or? No. Um, and actually, uh, it's, it was always, and, um, it was always just whatever I was, whatever was in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to... It was it was always friends, you know, or um, 
you know, or like, or skating or, you know, things like that. And then when I ended up getting a job out of school, um, it was just the people that I knew at work and, uh, Mm. and then, but then my first really big job or second big job was, uh, at Newsweek magazine, uh, in the photo department. And then, you know, you kind of end up in a situation where you might, they might need something shot. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, you want you go and do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be shooting music, you know, and here, and I'm just going to follow it through. It just, it, I, I don't know if I would be necessarily shooting music now if I didn't end up at Rolling Stone. Okay. So, I, it, you know, in, in between, I worked for a lot of business and technology magazines. Um, and I was shooting a lot of that too. And, uh, so just cause sort of seeing whatever, what my, like my, my, my world was. And so I have to say now it's a lot more interesting Yeah, <laughs> being, um, shooting around, um, music venues. Car yeah. radio. Car no, radio. I, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. So you ended up studying photography in school, uh, or, you know, I, so since I shot uh, a lot with my dad, um, uh, I didn't necessarily shoot it. Do you want to yeah, hold, hold on, off? Yeah, hold, hold on, this is cool. like the benefit of living in Queens. <laughs> yeah, hold on. We'll cut it there. Uh, it's, just, it's a red light. So okay, it's, cool. it's, it's moving now. It's all good. Um, <laughs> one of the great things about living in Queens is, uh, let's see, you get some great music out of the yep. passersby. That's good. Do you want to hit that question again? Or? Oh, yeah. What were you saying? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did, I, did I study? I didn't specifically study photography, no. Uh, I, sh- uh, I ended up shooting a I, 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 I started shooting with my dad as well. Okay. And, uh, and, um, and, um, uh, so, and then when I was in college, I think I, uh, I, I actually went in for, uh, I was a, a double major of, um, uh, computer science and advanced mathematics. Oh, wow. And, uh, um, totally the opposite of what I thought I'd be doing. Um, what do you think you were going to be doing when you were like, I thought I was going to be writing, code um and this was like early on before <laughs> when it was you know machine language and wow pascal and fortran and uh damn um and and basic as well uh the first thing you learn and uh so and i wrote a program which got a uh got i think it was uh, like a citywide kind of contest for uh forgot what the actual situation was but i wrote like a dating game program where, okay where uh you took the sort of the stats of everyone and it matched it matches you up with someone else and uh and uh you created but, like the original tinder <laughs> the original tinder pre- almost facebook uh, before the, before the web exi- uh, well before the web as we know it existed yeah um and so uh and i got a kind of a weird uh job offer from intel but it was they didn't. They out of high school. They didn't want. They didn't uh, want me to go to college, and that didn't work for my parents. So yeah. Like, no, you're going to college. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's when I kind of got fried on that stuff in college, and ended up switching to art history and back t- to the creative arts. And I'm like, I wasn't doing so well, and so I I needed like a, a good a, an easy A. So I took photography, <laughs> and I didn't get an A. I was like, like what I like, so. Um, <laughs> and I just uh, so it was a little frustrating, but um, yeah, I ended up working first for um, for a museum, the Guggenheim Museum. Oh wow! And then um, once that ended, I I knew someone was like, "Oh, Newsweek needs someone in the photo department. You want to come join?" That's like, interesting. Yeah, yeah. When you're at the Guggenheim, what kind of stuff were you doing there? Well, the job I got initially, they were starting a junior curatorial program, which was kind of the idea. It was like before I ended up like diving headfirst into like full on academia mm-hmm. uh in the in the art world. Um it's to be able to join them as a as a it, it was it was called a junior curatorial program. Mm. Uh and almost like the week before I joined they killed the program. Oh really? They're like, Well I'm like well, I just like I haven't looked for any other job. Like what else you got? <laughs> you guys are screwing me. And he goes, Well you can work at the front desk if okay. you want. I'm like, uh yeah. all right, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but then um so in the off times there, like uh, my buddy and I, we just we kind of created a, a tour program that never existed there because uh, people used to come in and complain that there wasn't tours, you know. They don't know where to go. So we just did it on our own, and then they the museum found out, and they just started charging people 
for us for our, our tour and Damn. it's that program's still going that's crazy um they give you they give you a cut on that no cut no cut <laughs> that's, and that's it was bull, like that's bullshit man <laughs> i didn't have to work the front desk while i was working on a tour let's put it that way See, there you go man <laughs> everyone you start the front desk you can you can work your way up man the, the great thing was they had do, like they had like docents they'd hire out for special groups they didn't have like at the met like you, every hour there's like a tour that you mm-hmm. go, and it didn't exist there yeah and uh there was a russian program a russian art program that they had up once and the docent never showed up and i was on a break and they said like you got to do this tour you know and it's like for the uh, the united uh, association of teachers or something <laughs> and um and so I got. I'm like, all right. I went down, and they introduced me as the as the <laughs> curator who organized the show. <laughs> and um, my name is my first name is a common Russian name, and so I think a lot of people made that like this leap that I had kind of like curated this the show. I'm like, um, no. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I had to kind of fake my way through a lot of stuff. But hey, man, fake, yeah. fake it till you yeah. make it. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, now nah, that's interesting. And then how you said, I guess from there you went to Newsweek. Had did you like? Because you're going from a museum, did you ever have like a goal of working in magazines, or that just no. kind of happened organically? Yeah, it was it was totally by accident. And the job that I filled at Newsweek was uh, um, was a job a job at the traffic desk. I don't know. Do you know what that is? No. Nah. <laughs> uh, well, I basically I think like I, I've worked for the Wall Street Journal, and they have a desk like that where you can call in and because you have so many assignments, I'd imagine yeah. like. Is that kind of what it is? Is someone manages it? This is not what that is. Okay. This is actually like because it's 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 January 1994, um, and so everyone is shooting film, and all the research that are is coming in are hard copy prints or negs or slides, and so they actually had a desk that where everything would come in first there. Yeah, it would get counted, so every slide would get counted. Wow. Uh, or every strip of negative would get counted. Every print would get counted, and you create this report and then give it to the editor. It's like, I'm giving you this 10 strips of, you know, black and white and then a dozen chrome slides and, uh, and five prints, you know? And so when they got, when they were done with it, they would go back through the traffic desk and we, the, the count must remain the same and then return back because obviously there's any kind of lost print or anything. It was a kind of a huge, um, amount of money that, uh, that they'd have to pay out for yeah. like a lost original, for instance. Wow, that's am- that's amazing. Like it must be wild. Like you've been doing this for a while. Like looking back and how like stuff operated then <laughs> to now, because it's like, can you imagine even doing that? I now? mean, I feel like I still feel like I still feel sort of like a, a young person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the my first photo job was there. I didn't have um, an email. I didn't have an email address. Just phone uh, numbers. A lot, most people there didn't. It was just phone numbers, and yeah. Um, so it was kind of on the edge of the end of that, that time. Um, and at Newsweek at the time was straight up like these legendary kind of photo editors, mm-hmm. um, who you know just worked the phones, you know, and uh, and so you learn how to do that. And if you needed sort of images of uh, that were very specific to a kind of story, that we had these resource books, you could even. Uh, that they'd lease out and uh, there was this book of experts and, okay. and you could just like look through them like I need a picture of like what a cancer cell looks like and oh, you wow. look up some doctors and call them like you have any pictures of cancer cells I'm like no next one <laughs> yes oh can I print can you print it out and send it to me that's, <laughs> so, a, that's amazing um, but then you know then the email came and then um, uh, and then Photoshop and yeah. and being there at the time uh I'm being literally the youngest person on staff. It was like, that was kind of my job to absorb this stuff. Um, and then I became kind of photo technology manager okay. and then, a and then a photo researcher and then senior researcher and then photo editor. Um, and I mean, the images when being sent at the time through AP, for instance, would send a four color, uh, image one color at a time. And each, I mean, I think each image took at least seven minutes. Wow. I mean, that's when I started there. That's yeah. like crazy. Yeah, that is wild. And then by the time I left, it was 
beyond uh, ISDN lines and you know things like that. But it was like if you got something in like thirty seconds, you're like, what the hell yeah. is this? That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. How long were you at Newsweek for? I was there till two thousand. Two thousand. I I the last thing I did was I went to the Olympics in Sydney. Yeah. As the photo editor and. That was one of the last hurrahs. Okay. Um, then I got out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty exciting, man. This is kind of here. You kind of worked your way up from like the uh, traffic desk and then researcher and then photo editing. Like, I guess when you first started uh, doing photo editing, um, do you kind of remember some of the first assignments you got to assign and stuff like that? Oh, wow. That is a really good question. Because there's so many assignments you've done now. It's probably hard yeah. to remember. But. I mean, I remember when, like, working with some big names, but doing some kind of very small things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember this is like Ron Aviv. Oh, wow. You know, uh, may have been, I forget where he was covering something overseas, but then at sending his film back and then but through like a through like a pouch, you know, that would come the next day. Mm. Um, and then we, there was a, a dark room on site, uh, that was processed. And then like, I, I, I could tell like when he'd switched to a certain lens, like it wasn't focusing. Okay. So, you know, but he doesn't know it at the time. Uh, so then I have to like call him like on a sat phone or whatever and say like, I don't think your 24 is working or, you know, that's a hard call know. to make. Like, Hey man, it's you're wrong. You're wrong. I don't think you know what you're doing. <laughs> no, no, it, wasn't his, it, wasn't, it was like a technical glitch. Okay. Like, not his fault. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, like, but like, that's how you wouldn't, it yeah. would, it would, or like, you know, Peter Turnley, yeah. know, Peter Turnley on something. Yep. Um, or Eli Reed from Magnum. Wow. And, um, I remember even like, you know, everything needed to be shot. It wasn't like there was, it wasn't these sort of, uh, photo collections that that were very easily accessible like you just go on um now but uh i remember one thing it's just super embarrassing because like haran aviv was just passing through showing some work mm-hmm. once and uh at the same time we needed like it was like a trend story on like 10 ounce martinis or something and he was right there i'm like you want to go shoot some martinis <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, like yeah you know yeah so uh he <laughs> She went and did the shoot, and it was fine. But one of the one of the things he did was like he bought like this souvenir Empire State Building, <laughs> and shot the martini next to it to like show like, hey, these are really big martinis. <laughs> um, and uh, I still have that Empire State Building somewhere around here as like a yeah as a memento of that. But like, you know, like, these guys would be just in showing their work, and you're like, oh, I have this something really small. But like here, I'll you know, yeah, it's like, this- do this really crappy <laughs> assignment. Yeah, for you know, but you. to at the moment not a bad day right yeah de- <laughs> definitely it. no that's exciting just to kind of hear how you kind of started out in there and like uh for people listening like how would you even like describe like the job of a photo editor do you even feel like that term is like relevant nowadays to like what you do like photo editing Cause, like how would you even describe like what you do like on a i guess every day is different but i think i think is i think more relevant um now only because there's so many photographers mm-hmm. um, that are trying to get their foot through the door, and um, I mean, I could let me backtrack. Yeah, but just about what the, the first part of your question about like what what a photo editor does, and it, you know, and for me, like I always thought it was most important to try and match up a story I was working on with um, with a, like just the the, the an appropriate photographer who might, for instance, already be working on something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so would have a greater understanding uh, of what, uh, of what might happen and what to look for in any, in any situation. Um, and, uh, but also at the same time, always be looking for new talent, always be looking at other magazines, to see what, what, who's working on what. Mm. Um, and, you know, and and so, just now that there's so many, so many photographers, like I get, I get easily like a hundred to 150 emails a day of just like promo, like spam. I mean, we not call it spam. It's just, but it's it's you know, it's um, it's yeah. someone sending their work, a link okay. to their work, either whether it's from a, a list or a, a very direct email to me. Yeah. Um, or a pitch uh, for some that someone wants to work on. Yeah, 
that must be hard. Like I've always wanted that because obviously you work in a magazine, Rolling Stone. You're gonna get it. So everybody wants to work for it. How do you even manage through those like hundreds of emails to get to the emails that you actually need to respond to for those projects you're working on? I, I mean, I gotta kill a lot of them. I look at. I obviously I'm supportive. I feel it's my job to to look and yeah. And if but you know if those emails aren't set up properly, where you can't, I can't see an image or yeah. a link doesn't open. Uh, to a, a page where I can see images, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to go away. And I can't, I can't continue necessarily a correspondence. Like someone, you know, is like, Hey, well, I'm doing this project. And it's wildly inappropriate for the magazine. I'm like, all right, so like, but still the work looks cool. Yeah. Mental note, yeah. moving on. Yeah. I can't write back and say, Hey, tell me more. Cause then yeah, it's like, a you'd whole be there all day. Email chain. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I always feel super lousy when that happens. Uh, that if I can't at least let them know that I've seen it, because um, it'd be rude. Maybe there's a better way. I, I, maybe I should just try harder. I can't just say like I've seen this, but don't email me back. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's tough though. I, I always wondered that. I was like, yeah, because it must. It's be a full time job, just like sifting through all that stuff. <laughs> like that's a lot of emails every day. And there's a lot of people who are sending some amazing, like incredible, incredible work. Like absolutely. But then there's a, a lot of people who are. You know they're just getting started, and they but then they they might not have a a a, a good view of what their own work is. Mm-hmm. They haven't shown it uh, shown it to other colleagues and say, look, you gotta you know you really this is good, but it's not it's not yep. good enough yet. You know? Yep. Um, and so yeah, there's a lot of people who are just sending some just okay stuff, and yep. Um, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just for, for me. It's for anybody who works in my position. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I guess, like, how like I, I was asking, like, uh, like what does, like, a typical day look like for you? Are you, like, helping, like, produce some of these shoots that are happening? Or is it more of this, like, sorting the photographers and things like that? Or, like, what are kind of some some of the things you kind of work work on, like, on a weekly basis? Um, yeah. Now that, I mean, I thought it would it would sort of get a little bit more chill now that we're monthly. But we are, I, I am, I'm uh, at the moment uh, very overworked. Uh, there's only the creative director, uh, the legendary Jody Peckman. Oh, yeah. Along with myself. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Damn. And when I first joined the magazine, there were, it was, it was Jody and an assistant, her assistant. And then the photo department was five people wow <laughs> and then i joined on top of that and uh and 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 when i joined um this, this is a little sidebar it, it was not to work on anything celebrity or music related at all okay it was because part of the bread and, bread and butter at rolling stone is is um a long-form journalism um and the they wanted a photo editor that would specifically work on those and the national affairs section um yeah, you guys do great stuff. I've always loved the work of uh, Matt Ta- Tahibi. Tahibi, yeah. That guy's the b- best writer, and that's like some of the stuff I love the most at Rolling Stone. This is when I joined. It was uh, 2007, 40th anniversary of the magazine, and they wanted really someone to, to be there to specialize mm. in, in in what he was writing and what other other you know um, other the great writers, feature writers they were, that were doing. Yeah. Because uh, the photo department didn't have time, you know, yeah. they, they, and these some of these stories they know about for for months mm-hmm. and could easily it, it might be an assignment that needs to get done or it might need to be really deep research. Yeah, and which c- could take a long time, and so that was that was that was it. That was like that was kind of the dream job for me. I'm like I don't give a shit about celebrities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But um, but then uh, little by little they kind of cutting back on staff and and okay. all of a sudden like I'm the last guy. Standing. Like, how is that possible? And so, over the last many years, uh, to sort of become as much of an expert as I can on like historical music, photography, and uh, the history of the magazine itself, and <clears throat> of course, and um, and really start relationships up with um, some very interesting characters in the form of you know these great music and celebrity photographers from mm-hmm. the '60s and '70s and '80s and mm-hmm. so on and. Um, so yeah, that my but my typical day uh, usually involves a ton of research. It might be kind of negotiating uh, a shoot or arranging a shoot uh, with someone, which okay. is going through their publicist and um, 
uh, specifically trying to work out a time and a location and uh, in some cases there might be need to be a hair and makeup person and a stylist and yeah. work on that and um, I help uh, Jody manages the cover shoots but I help on those and but um, but then everything every other small thing in, in the issue is all me and it's I mean just to give you an idea we uh, before the sale of the magazine each issue, uh, we'd go through uh, like about 1,200, 1,500 images uh, bef- uh, that and supply to the art department to, okay. like, to, 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 to call from, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know how many actually get used. I think it's just a couple hundred. But um, but now for this for this first reissue, this this, this relaunch, um, uh, I I I I had. I supplied them 5,300 photos. <laughs> and of course, to get to those 5,000, you're going through like, you know, like hundreds of thousands of, pho- of images, either from agencies or from photographers. And like, so I am, um, I'm feeling the heat, man. I'm feeling the heat. Also, yeah. there's there's no accounts payable person. <laughs> I'm doing my Christ, own invoicing. <laughs> I'm doing my own invoicing, which actually is not bad because then people can email me directly. Yeah. Because uh, there's a new system with the new owners that they like, it's supposed to be really streamlined, and so yeah, there's some growing pains with this, but like, yep. it's now just like something I never really had to do before. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a lot there's a lot. Damn man, we gotta get <laughs> we gotta get Sasha some help, man. This is why I'm having a, this is why I'm having a spritz. <laughs> that's right, dude. <laughs> you know, it's a relaxing spritz. Uh, that's interesting. And I guess how, how did the Rolling Stone job kind of come about for you? I know you're at Newsweek. Was like music a big part of your life at that point, or? Uh, not not in that way. I mean, like I, I just mentioned, you know, they, yeah. they weren't even looking for yeah, you someone to, to to kind of have that experience mm-hmm. uh, when they were hiring me. Um, I feel like there's definitely a culture at Rolling Stone anyway that kind of appeals to a certain type of person who uh, is kind of up for anything. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and is not there to say no. Mm-hmm. This is the people who do well there and who stay there for a long time. You know, they're not. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm there as, uh, one of the higher up people in the photo department, but mm-hmm. I'm not op- opposed to researching the smallest story, um, or anything like that. And, um, um, so I'm straying away from your question. Uh, no, the way fine. it got hired, uh, there was a gap in between Newsweek and yeah. Stone, which, where I was working at some places where I... Uh, wasn't creating the most exciting work, but uh, worked with some of my favorite photographers anyway. It was like a lot of business portraits, and mm. it just didn't wasn't killing it for me. Yeah. Um, but the guy who took over for me at Newsweek when I left became the photo director there and recommended me to Jody wow. when Jody needed someone uh, when they wanted someone to work on just on those kinds of stories, and he said, "Oh yeah, they just mentioned me," um, and so. Uh, my la- I interviewed a few people there, and on my last interview with the managing editor, he wanted to see me like right away. But I was like, I had my like, I was like day off, and I was skating around the city, <laughs> and his assistant called, and I said, "Well, I can come right now, but if I is it cool if I'm like literally dressed like a hobo, you know?" Like, and they're like, "She goes, hmm, let me call you back." She called me back in ten seconds. She goes, "Yeah, no problem." So I, I roll up, you know, basically like a skateboard under my arm. <laughs> And, you know, ripped jeans, and the guy was like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. Um, but, yeah, he even asked me, you know, he's like, you know, do you read Rolling Stone? And that, that kind of shook me a bit because I'm like, oh, man, I realize I don't read Rolling Stone. <laughs> I hadn't read it in a long time. I, it was like, it was a magazine that was really big in my youth, but in the, you know, later on, I, I, I was more attracted to magazines like Spin, who were covering kind of more uh, indie artists, mm-hmm. more than... Than uh than Rolling Stone and um, so I knew the photographers that they were using more than uh, Rolling Stone and sometimes at the, at that time when they were both existed they you know a photographer wasn't working for both necessarily okay um, so all these photographers I had in my head they were like oh yeah he's probably not gonna work with us <laughs> we'll see yeah um, but one of them was Danny Clinch who oh. I'm such a fan of yeah uh, since the my early days at Newsweek mm. and 
but now we work with them often. That's interesting. And you know, one thing I was going to ask you is like being a photo editor, you're like assigning all different types of photos for different articles and things. Um, Is it like sometimes you kind of have to take your personal taste out of it? um, Be it that maybe like you might not be the biggest fan of this type of work, but it might be the right photo for this fit or like, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky so far in that the stories that I, I think that's kind of more in the sort of good sort of management on Jody's part where I, you know, I'm assigning the, 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 you know, this was when there was other people working in the photo department, obviously. Mm. Like I'm assigning some, some work of a band, excuse me, of a, where it, where like the photographers that I like, um, would be sort of the best choices. And I, and I'm not sure if, I could really spell out if there was like if there's a kind of work that doesn't appeal to me that that would, yeah, absolutely be necessary for the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think um, earlier on when I was just getting my getting thrown into like the more the celebrity angle, mm. I wouldn't necessarily be the one working on shoots that you know required a lot of negotiation with a, a PR person and then a management person yeah. and then a hair and makeup situation and all that is I, I didn't really have any experience with that. Mm. Um, I do now. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, no, so yeah, so I, she, you know, like I would, you know, someone else would, would, would handle that, you know? Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. And like, is there like a, with working with Rolling Stone, is there like an overall like uh, style that you guys are going after? You think like do you think it's important for like a magazine to have like a distinct like photographic style? You think overall, or is that something more you guys? Yeah, I mean, going forward in the the new magazine, there's there's a lot of really great spaces for big pictures, mm. um, which we kind of lost uh, before that. Um, you know, the big images in the magazine were the cover, and then like the opening spread of the the big main features which you know there were only a couple but now there's 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 specific spots where even if it's just the spread with just a few words on it we're assigning this picture Mm. um but the style of the magazine uh it you know there's some very very heavy heavily um uh i don't want to say produced photo shoots because it's uh we you know, a lot of the style is a lot more natural, even if it is something that's very, very, very lit and uh, um, and set up. But you know, when uh, but like when there is any kind of um, work done on an image later, it's not like super polished. It's okay. like it's a little bit more real. Yeah. And and def so definitely that's kind of uh, I could that's true of the rest of the magazine too, where it, it could just be more of like a real person in an environment or at home, yeah. a real space, not always in a studio situation. Um, uh, but, but of course we, we do both of those. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, but I, I, um, and there's more of like, it's not, it's not heavy on like a fashion vibe, even yeah. though if we're dealing with stylists, like it's not about trying to get someone look, looking like super glammed up. It's about just having them, kind of be more themselves in the way that they, that they are as an artist yeah um and in their regular lives so it's um yeah that's we just had a, a shoot which i can't mention yet but you know like i think the stylist was was pulling was starting to pull like very over the top kind of suits for someone and I'm like well definitely you know do that but that so just like whatever they would wear around the house yeah just let them be themselves kind of thing it's yeah. more that's more of our our kind of situation yeah that makes sense I mean, yeah. i'm sure there's you can point to something that will contradict that but it's just that it's more that is definitely more of a rolling stone vibe yeah no that makes sense i'm always just kind of interested because you know like you can look at certain magazines like obviously one in particular like i've talked about some like espn the magazine has a really distinct like style and how they mm-hmm. shoot it's like very every issue is kind of similar in the way like the photographers use lighting and stuff and I mean, they use a, they do a lot of natural stuff too you know they do it's a, it's a mix but you can tell yeah. it, I, I would say look looking at it, i feel like they have a distinct like visual style when you look at it kind of um, I could be wrong, but I don't know. But yeah, it's interesting. And uh, you know, we kind of touched on it before uh, with like photographers like sending you work and things like that. Um, do you feel like you guys have kind of like a core group of photographers you guys kind of go back to regularly, or how do like new photographers kind of get in the mix usually? Yeah, that is a good question. Because um, it, it can be somewhat frustrating for. 
uh, I was going to say us as a photo department, but now it's us. It's just me. Yeah. Uh, for me, where you know you 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 might be following a photographer's work over a period of time, and so you're confident that that they're the right choice or the right um, personality and the right uh, the right look, and that they could handle the situation that you have. Um, and you know, part of my my job is to is to not just sort of recognize that, but also to convince the creative director. Because mm-hmm. whenever I'm going to assign someone, there's it's very rare that they, they don't really know ahead of time. Like I'm like I want to use this person, but here's why, and yeah. I gotta like make a case. And it's not always just to her; it's to um, managing editor as well, and to the art director. Mm-hmm. It's like because we're all going to be on the same page here. Um, so that's a lot of people, um, and it's. Um, so it can be kind of frustrating where, you know, there's a, you know, definitely photographers coming up that that are doing really big projects elsewhere, but they might be a little bit more stubborn at Rolling Stone to take the risk. Yeah. Um, and this may have been because when we were, our issues were getting kind of thin, and so we weren't doing that much, and we didn't have that many chances to sort of yeah. do things again, and, uh, but... I think they're they're being a little bit. We're definitely opened up the floodgates. I mean, even in the in the first, last few issues, there's photographers that are are doing their first shoots for Rolling Stone. Very many. Or, um, but yeah, I I don't necessarily want to give too many specific uh, uh, examples. The last I make anyone feel bad, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like, but certainly like someone like Peter Yang was like, you know was was working for us really early on mm-hmm. but doing what some might consider you know smaller shoots but that were also just you know the, um, whereas he but he might have been already doing like very significant work for other magazines mm-hmm. and but once once he kind of like killed it it be, he beca- he becomes a someone who's a part of a very quickly rotating roster yep. and gets brought up by his first name in a meeting and that's it all you want oh peter okay cool yeah. <laughs> or you know or like someone like pari dukovic yep um or andreas uh laszlo who is one of my favorites yeah um like it, these are people that you could show their work to like to everyone and they go like oh this is amazing but they can't see how it'll work yet and then once they do something and it's like incredible yeah then it's like oh now you try like oh get get to do this you know? yeah you build that you build the you trust know, you can it, trust them then uh, it's so yeah it's and i know i i feel and i i i have only worked for a few specific magazines but i'm just going based on like looking at other magazines i feel that this might be true everywhere else but but i just felt like at rolling stone just because there's so many people to to kind of uh talk about and uh to convince to to use someone that because they like getting set in their ways too you know, yeah certain photographers have worked there for years definitely uh, you know and one thing i was kind of curious about obviously you guys are i mean a large part of what you focus on is music but you also do like the politics and different stuff and yeah. all, whatnot uh is it if you're hiring like say like a portrait guy to photograph a portrait do you feel like it's important that they have a lot of music portraits in their portfolio or are you looking at like can you list looking for a strong portrait photographer that you see could utilize in different spaces or what's it, you- it doesn't if i'm if i'm if i've got like a uh, need a portrait of um of a music personality uh yeah it'll help it'll help if if they have experience shooting mm. um other musicians or other kinds of artists because uh, it's not just you know obviously they'll you can you can see that they they know how to take a great portrait and compose a great piece of work but Sometimes the subjects are, in these cases, are not always that uh, easy to deal with. Yeah. And if they, their whole portfolio is just um, work of their friends, you know, mm-hmm. it's really good to see. It's really great and like to know if that if there's they're doing beautiful work like that. And then, but then we probably wouldn't throw them into something like much that like that was going to be yeah very huge. Um, yeah, you want to be able to see that they can kind of handle the production side of it because it is like a whole other beast. Or even just the personality side. Yeah, like the having pers- to deal with like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, insert celebrity name here who's yeah. going to be like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, well, you know, you got, there's, you know, some of the guys that. I'm sure. <laughs> that you have even interviewed on your podcast, you yeah. know, uh, some of the bigger names of like, have been in that situation where like, Oh, I've got three amazing ideas, and they all get shot down. You gotta have like number 100. four, 
like oh, ready right. to go and so it's um so yeah it's, it can be kind of frustrating for a young portrait photographer who hasn't had the access to mm-hmm. some big people yep but that's why it's kind of a hustle you start with smaller name people and you build your way up build your way up and then you could see like look i've dealt with this these guys these these guys and girls and yeah definitely yeah it it just takes time and you just got to keep shooting and keep building on it and you never know what's going to kind of come your way i think and uh i was just kind of curious like how do you feel like rolling stones changed since you got there do you feel like this it's changed much or this the way photographers you use or even this photography in general no um not really i think the biggest change is coming uh july 1st when you you see sort of the the, the new uh the resurrection of it in a way i think that um yeah i th- and i think the, the 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 aesthetics with photography is the same like we're dealing with you know a new kind of corporate owner mm-hmm. which is not um the guy down the hall who comes in every day who started this when he was 22 yeah and has very strong ideas about what he wants to see um it's it's now a whole new set of people who have very kind of different ideas and we're so we're so we're everyone's sort of feeling each other out but at the moment we're still doing uh what we've always been doing the mm-hmm. design has been updated mm. and there's there are these great kind of like i mean there's some certainly still some great storytelling there's great entry points to to um enjoy the magazine i personally i like that there's a lot more there are a lot those spots that i mentioned where there's a, it could just be the assignment that we're doing is not for like a very long story it's just just to make a great picture because we have this space to fill yeah it's like oh that's kind of amazing that's kind of new yeah that's exciting yeah. man and uh what else i was going to ask you is like uh looking back at everything you kind of done at rolling stone are there like any uh projects you've worked on that are like kind of you look back on are like particularly memorable memorable for you either i guess this for the experience or you're particularly proud of or oh, maybe yeah. or maybe or maybe even one that was just like a nightmare to work on I mean, like i uh i i really love i my one of my great loves is is actually the uh, the research part of it mm-hmm. uh, and just finding like some incredible things um, and so I've got like really I've, I maintain kind of the, a really great set of contacts with um, really interesting organizations that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily know to call for some interesting pictures but um, the most memorable I have to say and it gets brought up a lot <laughs> in the office still <laughs> and I think it's probably more than a few years old oh, God. It's probably like, I, I don't, I, I feel like, I, it was kind of interesting, but it was the story we did on the, the Kill Team, um, which is a feature um, uh, story uh, where uh, written about a, a, a unit in Afghanistan who was straight up murdering locals for sport, yeah. taking trophies, um, and which could be like, like a fingertip or whatever, you know, it's just really horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, and we had some really, some, some, it was, it was, the information came to a writer that, that was working with us. And, um, but then there were these images as well, um, that needed to kind of, they were being leaked to us. Mm-hmm. And it, that's my, just my like adventure in kind of getting those. And being part of that, um, I mean, I'm choosing my words carefully because I can't, like, I still, I'm, I'm not, I'm not supposed to mention where it yeah, came yeah. from, but the, it, it ended up being like on Thanksgiving weekend or something yep. uh, or like, they're like, you going anywhere for Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, no, like, please, <laughs> like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And sort of this plan. And, uh, the thing is I had, I didn't have a laptop at the time, but I used this work laptop because I needed to meet someone potentially kind of shady and verify at the at the at that moment what I was getting, what I was looking at. I'm like, first of all, I don't even know what this is yet. Like it's just, it's kind of nuts. And it was basically all these file like a big like a file dump. Wow. And um, so and it had to be. He's like it had to be done in person. Sounds like, like a scene, not, scene out of a movie, man. <laughs> it, it was. He didn't want to put it on. A, he didn't want to we transfer it or uh, anything like that. It was like I handing this to someone in person, and that was me. And so I had to travel 
for this and um and we had a prearranged meeting spot and it was like i had to take a train um yeah like a like an amtrak and then um the, the minute Christ. the minute, minute we're like i'm pulling into the station to get my phone calls and it was like all right we're not meeting at that spot anymore you should just be pulling in now go to the end of the whatever end of the track make a left and it was like directing me like through like on the phone and i had to keep following through and then someone met me in a parking lot and took me to another train station and i took another train somewhere else where someone else met me um who then was like i don't know i don't know what's going on you know like kind of like i don't know and then took me somewhere to like his place which was like then like some guy attacked us in front of, it was un, completely unrelated, but it was this sort of random act of violence, like that had nothing to do with it. But like it was like, what is happening? Like, like, um, and then he uh, gives me a thumb drive uh, upstairs. Um, I was alone in this office. Like the, this view had some like landmarks in it. And yeah. I was like, started to take selfies with like this landmark in the in the middle. So I guess I could text someone like where I'm was, at, where I'm at. Um, but it was like it was it was crazy. Like I got the thumb drive, but I also downloaded it first, and then like started to look through it. And because I I wasn't gonna be able to communicate with this person after, so I had to say yes, I have everything. I'm like I don't even know what everything is. Like so, Jeez. it was just kind of. The, the wild like cloak and dagger stuff and then um i i got home uh i went home but even even on the way home it was weird because i got i, I got to the back to the train early enough to catch the earlier train leaving yeah and they I started getting calls about like you know like that i should still be in the you know whatever i'm like no nah, i'm on the train yeah. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already out of, out of here man that's intense um, <laughs> so i mean it's like just that I mean has nothing to do with any kind of assignment or yeah. anything, but it was ended up being kind of a big thing in the, um, um, uh, but also like the McChrystal story that went crazy. I worked on that, um, and um, you know one I was going to ask you about. Oh. I know you guys got a lot of flack for it. Uh oh, was the uh, the Boston bomber? Oh uh, god, <laughs> like being I'm from Boston, so I had to ask. Uh, yeah, I, all right. I, I mean, Let me, uh, have another sip. Yeah, take another sip. No pressure. Um, like how did you guys envision that backlash when you put it out? Was that like a tough decision? No, no. and I think um, this is one of those things where I probably can't tell you everything I know. <laughs> okay, I get it. But it was. Um, it became uh it became the cover they wanted to run uh that week um and one of the main reasons for that was because uh Janet Reitman who's an incredible feature writer um was getting was was locating and getting access to his his friends okay and you um uh, uh and uh the, the younger um Sarnayev brother um, what's his first name? Again? It's like Zo Zo. Uh, it's like a Zokar. Yeah. Um, so the younger brother who um, survived, right? Mm -hmm. no, yeah. Um, and so it became kind of uh, clear in the reporting that like it, it, that maybe it was his older brother who was more of the influence behind what was happening. Mm. It was no. There was no way like we were giving him a pass, but it was. But we were able to talk to his friends. We were like. You know, and the way they described, like, they, every weekend they had, like, they were just hanging out and drinking, you know, mm. just having a nice time. It was a like normal American teenager. It was like, because of their age difference, he was, like, more acclimated to American society versus his brother. Um, and so it became this kind of much more interesting story to tell and maybe to highlight in that way. Um, and also, given his age, it might have been why they, they chose to do that. But yeah. Um, the the image that was so controversial was the um, I think one of his one of his Twitter uh, photos mm. and where he looked very handsome um, and so that alone made people think actually not that alone that being the, also the cover uh, placement uh, seemed like he was being glorified yeah. where the la the language on the cover was actually um, calling him the bomber. Yeah, you know, calling him basically saying he was guilty, whereas everyone else was using the very co careful language of alleged, you know, because at the time. But uh, um, so yeah, it was. I know it, it cut really deep. 
for a lot of people locally. Yeah, it's a tough one. It kind of shows you like the power that photos can have. Like people, they might be probably a lot of half people probably didn't even read the article. They probably just looked at the photo and they started to draw their own conclusions from it. And that's the thing, you know. That's it. Kind of was a reminder for some people where you know that the um, the the cover of this of cover of magazines in general, but this specific magazine mm. as well, still you know carries some weight. Yeah, and, definitely. And like so, there's there's maybe some responsibility there beyond just you know like we're telling this really interesting story. We should and gives and basically calls them you know guilty but you know how could this happen yeah here's all this information and it was really a really great interesting read yeah um yeah but yeah that was um we were getting a lot of um interesting messages i'm sure (laughs) it's tough but yeah Yeah. no that's interesting i had to ask i was just curious but yeah it's tough and uh, a couple more questions i'll let you go um i was curious talking to you about your own photography which uh, anybody listening definitely go check out sasha's instagram sasha leka on instagram he's got a lot of cool uh looks like you shoot mostly black and white for the most part that's what you kind of enjoy photographing for your own your own stuff that is th- yes thank you for bringing that up i actually it is just uh, it, it is something um that i started just for my own um well, because I, I, like I said, I'd always I'd always be shooting, you know, wherever whatever I was doing. And in this case, I was uh, when I started at Rolling Stone. I said, "Look, I shoot too," and they're like, "You're not going to be shooting here." <laughs> um, like, okay. <laughs> uh, but in but then you know, like when as budgets kind of slip, it's like it became kind of helpful. Like, oh, something something. Oh, he can do this. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I. I really became, uh, I think it was just, uh, the, the time just seemed to work out right where my schedule and my personal life allowed for me to sort of be out all night. And um, <laughs> so I was on a tear uh, of like three to four shows a night. Wow. And I, it was just constant discovery for me because, I mean, I it was most of the like, way I did, I experienced music is through you know, now digital sources and, um, you know, I was, I was now working at Rolling Stone and sort of like getting exposed to like, oh, I didn't know this band or, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, the, the new, new work. And, um, but then he, I ended up shooting some things officially for the magazine, uh, but like very big shows and, um, which is fine enough, but like I got very, very taken with, um, just going to, much smaller clubs um where it f- i feel like the sort of the roots of like what these bands kind of when they become huge like um their the creative roots are really in kind of places like this yeah and 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 people making music um they're barely getting paid and uh they're they're on a crazy hustle uh working shows and day jobs and everything and 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 shooting in those environments um were a lot more interesting and I wanted to kind of capture that and so it became kind of a a personal project like that I couldn't stop and uh it I've slowed down quite a bit like in the last six months just because of uh now being kind of the only person in the office (laughs) yeah uh and um and also um their new like crazy workload um so I I I don't I'm not been going out as much but I'm I'm still trying I have a I think I have a book coming out in the and uh, later this year oh really with a small publisher um they've tweeted about it so i think it's okay to mention it's peanut press okay a very small um i'll link it yeah it's uh run by david carroll who's like incredible photographer there's actually a couple pictures of his around here yeah um and um so i think that that I should be working on that pretty soon. That's cool. Uh, so the book will this be like a collection of all your kind of like the underground club kind of music photos? I believe so. I think the majority of it is uh, almost entirely the like stuff that's that uh, uh, just that. Yeah, and um, it might be an image or two that might be like a like a bigger artist, but mm. I kind of treat everyone the same anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so yeah, where I mean it it was. Uh, I don't know what really pushed me forward to do it. I think just because I'd seen some really great work and then some like very not so great work coming out of like these kinds of scenes. And I thought like, God, I, this would be so interesting to shoot. And I felt like I, 
I had something to add to it, you know, and, I, and uh, obviously, yeah. as an editor too, like I, if I'm in a situation where like I need someone to shoot like a particular show, and I, I'm certainly capable, but if like someone's like obviously I know who's better than me, <laughs> <laughs> so like like it's not this is not something yeah, I, yeah, should, yeah. I should do, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but I mean, it, it led to a few things, you know, like uh, like uh, the singer from Cage the Elephant. Oh, wow. uh, Matt Schultz had seen my feed. Uh, I think he's a follower, and he's really up on like images of the band and uh, and invited me to go on tour with them. Wow, um, that must have been pretty. It was, and I, I mean, it, it it was really cool to be asked. And I, the, the magazine didn't plan on doing anything about it, yeah. um, uh, except for online. Um, and I said, look, if I go and put, I can maybe get a gallery online. Was that cool with you guys? And they're like, cool. Nice. so i i joined them for four days that's pretty cool it just turned out like i had like a like a week off i'd like use my own vacation time <laughs> but um and uh and my wife very thoughtfully uh let me go but, um and that was uh something I, I, it, it's an experience i wanted to have because it's not it's not something that happens very often anymore uh, a lot of bands have their own photographer yeah. who travel with them um and I th- and and it's it's the it's a pitch I get every day as if as if it hasn't people have, I, 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 like has never happened before. Yeah. We're like I want to go on tour with this band who's coming yeah. up. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Good. But then, um, <laughs> Let me know how it works. Out. I, necessarily have a budget for travel um, and all that. Like for the for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although one of the new features in the in the upcoming uh, relaunch is. Um, is a, is an on the road thing okay. and where we did actually send uh, uh, one of my favorite younger photographers, Daniel Tapetti, okay, um, to shoot um, for a few days uh, with a band to be named later because it's not out yet. That's um, exciting. Uh, and he, yeah, and he 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 really killed it. Yeah, um, it's like I and I know that they one of the inspirations for having a spread like this in the magazine was was because of the work that I got to do with uh, with Cage and so they so I'm sure that in one of these they're going to ask me to do but it, I don't have time now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's exciting. I like all the stuff you got you shoot cuz it's just kind of raw and this like uh you can tell it's just like people like a lot of the clubs you're shooting it's like people like after work going out and like having a good time and like getting, just, getting rewired. Yeah. It's totally it's the best and um I uh, I convert. I shoot basically mostly digital and convert to black and white. Just okay. Because that's like my 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 roots mm-hmm. is was shooting black and white. Um, that all those things that I mentioned, I was printing for my dad was all was all um, uh, black and white film. Yeah. It was all triax and uh, you know pushed a little bit in the in the tank so it got super grainy and like shooting on very contrasty paper. I forget what was it grade five? What is that or three? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so and that, and so that's just uh, my aesthetic. All I like time. it, man. It's just yeah. classic. Don't need to get too fancy with this. Kind of let the subject kind of do its thing and just showcase it. Uh, it's 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 really become useful. It, it actually helped me personally to sort of become uh, sort of a known entity with a lot of publicists for bands who then now know know me at least from that. Mm-hmm. So when I call them for other things, they're like, oh yeah, and it's and these you know. Um, uh, the relationships with with um management companies and with publicity people like it's it's it's, it's super useful oh definitely i can <laughs> super imagine super useful and if if only if, if they only know me for that then it's like it's better it's it's easier when i make the first call yeah you know? definitely yeah. that's cool well uh sasha man i just want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this i really appreciate it um and I guess this is kind of my last question. Like, is there any kind of stuff you're working on now, even with your own photography or anything kind of goals you got going forward or anything? I am trying to get my, I, I trying to, well, I could think the next few issues of Rolling Stone are going to be the, 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 a real test for our staff levels. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it will, uh, so I'm, I may, I may end up not, shooting as much but i my my goal is to sort of continue what i'm doing because i have just great affection i mean like professional and personal affection for a lot of people i've been meeting even i'm not even not even like the the musicians but the sort of the people you see every night you know um yeah out and uh uh so that 
and just kind of stay. I'm right now. I'm just committed to Rolling Stone. I want to see where this new direction's going. Uh, there's some things uh, with the the new situation which um, may may not work so well. Uh, but I'm right now. I'm just fully committed to see if like we can still continue like high level of work. I, I'm, uh, and yeah guess that's it for me i got two awesome dogs <laughs> there you go and uh they kind of take up uh, they wake me up at 5 30 every morning so that's kind of nice even when i shot just shoot until 2 a.m Jeez, man um uh, that's that's kind of for me that's exciting man i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the new issues of rolling stone and what you guys kind of do going forward but like i said man this thanks so much and uh i guess for people listening where's the best place to check out uh your work uh well I should really get a website. I don't have one. So basically, just uh, on Instagram. Uh, Sasha, Sasha Leka, full name, S-A-C-H-A-L-E-C-C-A. Alex, thank you for coming by. Yep. And I like I really appreciate you. I mean, I know you took a big trip today. And... <laughs> and um, uh, so I really appreciate it. I think it's a lot. It's a lot more fun in person. Oh, definitely, man. I appreciate yeah. it. I got to see all your cool photos on the wall. Oh yeah, let's look around. <laughs> all right, thanks, man. Thanks. So there you have it. That was the Sasha Lekka interview. I want to thank Sasha so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him about all his work and experience in the photo industry. Um, definitely go check out Sasha's Instagram. He's always posting up cool photos that he takes at uh, different concerts and musicians that he photographs. Uh, his Instagram is uh, Sasha Lekka. That's S-A-C-H-A-L-E-C-C-A. Uh, so definitely go check that out and uh, give them a follow. And uh, yeah, going forward, just wanted to let you know, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.